So I want to share with you this morning one thing. God did not give us a spirit of cowardice. And uh, there was this young preacher that uh, God had put upon him authority and giftings that surpass his, his own belief. And God just seemed to pour out on this young man. And uh, he became apostolic and ministered in a church and led different churches. And the Apostle Paul called him forth and laid hands on him. I'm talking about Timothy. And uh, Paul wrote to Timothy a few times. And in the second letter, he was encouraging him because Timothy had come to a place where he was starting to back down. He was getting resistance. You ever get any resistance in your faith? And uh, with the resistance he was getting, he was starting to kind of, you know, I don't know if I should speak up as much as I should. I don't know. People are not respecting me. I'm too young. Older people aren't listening to the word of the Lord. And so in all this, Paul's encouraging him. And Paul is telling him that, look at the spirit of God in you is not a spirit of fear. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but God gave us a spirit of power, love, and the sound mind or self-control. Now, we're used to knowing that verse in the King James uh, and the typical language is God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And what we recognize that verse, and we use it all the time, that I'm afraid, I'm scared, uh, and, uh, you know, fear sometimes is a good thing. How many of you know that, right? If a car is rushing at you really fast, you should be scared, and you need to get out of the way. But this word that Paul uses here is dalia, and dalia in the Greek is not the word for fear, which would be phobia, but this word is a word that means having a weak resolve, no spine, lacking courage, lacking self-confidence, a lack of boldness and determination, just kind of wimping out, just kind of like, I can't stand my ground, I don't know if I should, I shouldn't. Anybody ever been there? Where you know you should stand up and you're just like, ah, I don't want to, I'm kind of scared, <laughs> right? So it's a dimension of fear that's more to do with your resolve and your action that needs to take place. And that's what Paul's telling Timothy. Come on, Tim. Don't back down. You need to come forward. You need to stand strong. How many of you know in this day and hour, this is a time for the church to stand strong? Yeah. Amen. I thank God for the brother that is, is bringing worship out into the streets, right? Out in Washington, out in California, in Chicago last week. Coming and bringing worship into the streets. They, the, the governments have been trying to shut him down because he's gathering too many people, which it's like, how is it that the rioters can be out and you don't shut them down, but you're going to shut down praise and worship to Jesus? That's kind of wild, isn't it? So, so this guy didn't have a spirit of cowardice. He had power, love, and a sound mind, and he approached it and said, well, then we're going to have, um, we're going to have prayer, uh, not riots, but prayer protests, praise protests. I guess that's legit. If you're protesting, it's legit. So, and so they took to the streets. Now, that's, that's standing your ground, Right? And many of us in the church are being tested as to whether you're going to have a spirit of cowardice or if you're going to move in power, love, and a sound mind. Now, Paul's talking, he's not rebuking Timothy. 
He's encouraging Timothy. And what he's saying is not that you're a coward, but what he's saying is the spirit that God put in you is not the cowardice. That's your flesh. What the Spirit of God put in you is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what we all possess, not that other spirit. So don't fall to that when your flesh says, maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should, maybe you should back down. Maybe they won't listen. Maybe this or that. No, the Spirit of God is always wanting to proclaim Jesus Christ. The Spirit wants everyone to know who Jesus is. And we're the only ones who stop it. Right? We've all done it, and that's what Paul's getting into. You know, so what he says, truly this verse says, God did not give a spirit of cowardice, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Some of your translations say timidity. God did not give me a spirit of timidity. Half of us don't know what that word means, so we'll go with cowardice. (laughs) But the reason Paul's saying this is because he went through it too one time. Paul went through a time where he was really questioning because the resistance was so strong. The enemy is going to challenge you. The enemy, the only thing the enemy has is fear and intimidation. Those are his operations. And so what he's going to do is try to intimidate you or cause you to think he's too powerful for you. But you need to go back to the Spirit of God, back to the Word of God, and know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I'm supposed to tread on serpents and scorpions, and he should be under my feet. You need to understand that authority. So the enemy's going to cause resistance to you. Paul had it. Paul said this. Now, he was in the city where... um, the ruler of the synagogue was coming out, people were getting saved, and riots were starting to break out. Sounds like today. So riots are starting to break out, and they're coming against him. Paul's been stoned, uh, beaten, uh, and, and through a lot, and it was getting pretty intense. And so in this particular city, it says this in Acts 18, verse 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, and he said this, don't be afraid, keep on speaking, don't be silent, for I am with you and no one will lay a hand on you because I have many people in this city. Wow. So uh, this is going to take a little bit of deep thinking, okay? So stay with me here. So why do you think the Spirit of the Lord told Paul, don't be afraid? Because he was afraid. Paul, right? Hero of the faith. And then why do you think the Spirit of the Lord said, don't stop speaking? Because what was Paul thinking about doing? Not speaking anymore. I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? And so here you have a great hero of the faith in a time where he's ready to give up. He is discouraged. And a sense of cowardice is coming over him, probably because he's tired of getting beaten up. But he's he's thinking, I'm afraid. I'm afraid this is going to happen again. I was left for dead in the last city. They had to drag me out. It took months before I healed up. And, and it's looking pretty rough here. So he's afraid. And God immediately speaks to it and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And he also says, don't stop speaking. Keep on speaking. And here's the reason why. I've got a job for you to do in this city. There'll be resistance, but there are many that I have in this city. God is calling many to salvation. Do you think God's calling many people in Detroit to salvation? 
Is God calling anybody in Roseville to salvation? Do you think that God is looking for some souls to be saved? So we cannot be afraid. And we can't stop speaking. We have to keep speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit wants us to move forward. And that's what Paul was saying. He's remembering a time in his own life where he had resisted and, and began to shrink back. And he's telling Timothy, I see it in you too. My spiritual son, I see it. You're, you're, you're shrinking back. But that's not the spirit God gave us. God didn't give us a spirit of cowardice. And the church has got to wake up and realize we don't have a spirit of cowardice. This is the hour, this is the time the church needs to stand for Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Amen? We can't wimp out on what the Word of God says. If it's not politically correct, oh well, we have to speak the Word of truth. We're the only remnant left in the earth for truth. We're the pillar of truth in the earth, the church. We're the salt. We looked at this last week. If we lose our savor, there is no remedy for mankind. And so we can't have a spirit of cowardice. We have to move forward. So what does he say? He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. That's the remedy. That's the Holy Spirit in us. It's a threefold uh, anointing that is within us. Now, concerning the power that Paul's talking about, he's talking about the dunamos power. In the English language, we use the word dynamite. It's an explosive power from the nature of the Spirit of God Himself. It's the innate nature of that which holds it, and that's the Holy Spirit. So what is the power of the Holy Spirit? It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that poured out on the day of Pentecost and fills believers. It's the same dunamos used in chapters 12 of 1 Corinthians and chapter 14 that speaks of the power for faith and miracles and healing and deliverance. It's the same power that God has given. In fact, in verse 6, right before this verse of 7 of 2 Timothy, he says, For this reason, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. So he said, Tim, come on. Don't back down. Don't get discouraged. Don't wimp out. Stir up what's in you. The power of God is within every believer. The minute you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, by the blood of Jesus, your sin is cleansed, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of holiness, comes and dwells in every believer as they confess in Jesus Christ. And that power is, is in us and needs to be released as rivers of living water. Instead, we've got little faucets that we trickle it out when we feel appropriate. And the Holy Spirit is so wanting to save souls, so wanting to lift up the name of Jesus. It's the power greater than nature itself wanting to be released through us. And so it's our responsibility to do what? What did Paul tell him to do? Stir it up. Pentecostals love having God do everything. Jesus, go do this. Jesus, go do that. Jesus, make this happen. Jesus, do that. Heal them. Go do this. Save them. Love to. Would you get involved? You want the person healed? Go lay hands. Pray the prayer. 
Get engaged. You want that person saved? Go over there. Begin to talk to them about Jesus, right? Stir up the gift. We have a responsibility to stir up the gift of God. And it is powerful and it is anointing of his own nature within us. But what happens is we lean on our own understanding and on the arm of flesh. And that's when we become cowards. Because we look at ourselves and go, me? I can't. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. You know, this is the same word Jesus used to his disciples in Mark and in Matthew. Same account. When they're on the waves of the, the Galilean Sea and it's crashing and the wind and the waves and all this and Jesus tells him you know the wind to be still and all this and he says why are you guys such cowards don't you have any faith it's the same word he uses we translate it fear why are you so fearful do you not have enough faith it's the word for cowardice Jesus is having Jesus has an expectation that they should have known he goes on and he says you did not discern the bread from the feeding of the five thousand what didn't they discern? Man, this is nothing to be afraid of. We got Jesus in the boat. He can feed 5,000, right? With some loaves and fishes. That's awesome. We've got God in us. Dwelling in us. There is power. But the, needy, the amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is it's not just raw power. Could you imagine all of us just wielding raw power? Oh, it would be rough. He is, you remember James and John, the sons of thunder, right? They weren't groomed enough in the love of God. So Jesus is ministering to people. People reject him. And James and John said, look at man, let's just take him out. Jesus, just take him out, man. We'll have fire come down from heaven. <laughs> Jesus said, boys, you sons of thunder, you chill. What's interesting is John, one of the great sons of thunder, became that apostle of love. So God didn't give us just a spirit of power, but of love. Paul interrupts his discussion on the, on the power gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and, and miracles and healing and deliverance and, and tongues and prophecy. And he says, uh, wait, by the way, then he goes into chapter 13, if you don't have love... In the motivation of these things, forget about it. Then he goes back into the discussion on how they operate in the church. So we have a spirit of power, yes, but we have a spirit of love. What's the motivation for what we're doing? What are we motivated to do? You see, if I'm so in love with Jesus, I won't be a coward to speak his name. He's the remedy for every situation. If I love him so much, and if I seriously love the lost, if I love people, I won't hold back. We've forgotten that those who don't have Jesus Christ are going to hell for eternity. It seems like we've forgotten this. It seems like we've changed our gospel into trying to bring people in by all the nice, good little things. If you take Jesus, he's such a nice guy, such a good guy, everything's going to be rosy. And it's not. I mean, he is, but life doesn't get rosy. It gets rough. But it's the love that compels us to win the lost. So what more powerful message can you bring than the power of the resurrection through the love of the cross? To demonstrate that before the people. And thirdly, you've got 
a sober mind or self-disciplined mind. So a mind that discerns in wisdom when to apply the power, when to apply the love. And that is the key to not being a coward, but knowing when to speak and when not to, when to pray and when to remove. It's How many of you remember the cowardly lion in The Wizard of Oz? Right? Wasn't he? Uh, he was my favorite guy. I wasn't too keen on the Tin Man. I, I, just, I don't know why. just didn't dig the Tin Man. Scarecrow was just all over the place. But the cowardly lion, he, he wanted to be, but he, he was always scared. Everything, you know. And, and when, I, when I looked up the cowardly lion, thus the reference of my graphics up here, um, I was amazed that once they met the wizard, remember the wizard, right? Toto pulls the screen back and it's a guy moving levers and this and that, right? And they think it's a, a scam. Well, this guy comes back and the Wizard of Oz tells the cowardly lion this. He says this, you are a victim of a disorganized mind. thinking he like studied scripture or something. <laughs> he said, you're a victim of a disorganized mind confusing wisdom with courage. There's a time to be fearful. There's a time to be afraid to know that this situation, I need to get out of here. There's a time when you make a stand and you're bold. There's a time to preach and proclaim. And there's a time when you're just throwing pearl to swine. This lion, this cowardly lion, was thinking that courage was to stand up in every situation. And he's saying, no, no, you're misunderstanding the difference between wisdom and courage. Sometimes you're actually very wise, lion. And you have a disorganized mind. You don't understand the authority. You don't understand what is, what is true and right knowing when to stand and when not to, when to move and when not to. God didn't give us a spirit of being a coward. God gave us a spirit to discern what is right at the right time with the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. It's the age we need to, to walk in this confidence and this level of wisdom and knowledge in the Holy Spirit. We're at the end of this dispensation the end of the church age everybody wants to go back i want to be like the early church that was the match that lit the fire we're supposed to be in the bonfire by now burning with fire and power we should be at such a state of the full stature of the body of christ in such maturity that we are operating in the spirit of god with such discipline love and power in this age. But in this nation, all of a sudden, we're exempt. We're out. We're sidelined. But I think something's stirring. How about you? God said, that's not my spirit. And so God is separating out the, the fleshly activity of the church from the spirit of God moving in believers' lives. It's time for us to move. It's time for us to be courageous. Some of you are looking at yourself and saying, me? I can't do this. Some of you are understanding, I got to go back to school? You want me to stand up among all my peers? Going back to work? You want me to say something to these people? 
You want me to say to that angry crowd that Jesus loves them? You want me to do this? But I want you to know something. It's coming from the Spirit and not you. That's the key. It's the Spirit of God in you that is doing it. We need a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Ephesians, 2, verse, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Him. It's Him that we have boldness and confidence in. You may not think you can't, but you know what? It's going to happen. Situations are going to happen. If you'll make yourself available to the Holy Spirit, you're going to end up in a situation where God's going to need to call on you. And it's your choice. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. I need you in the game, Tim. Don't back out now. This is the moment. God didn't give you a spirit of coward. He gave you a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a sound mind. Use it. Stir up the gifts within you. Access the Holy Spirit and get ready. You never know the day or the hour. I think of great men and women of God who were called on for such a time as this. People that nobody didn't, had no idea who they were, but they decided to be courageous, right? I think of Rosa Parks sitting on that bus. She had it. That was it. Fed up. Courage. Nobody knew her. Just some little old black lady. What's she going to do? She ain't giving her seat up this time. What happens when courage stands? I think of great men and women of God who were called to stand up against persecution. There's a story of the Chinese believers that uh, the, the Chinese police had come in and they surrounded a house of worship where they were worshiping underground. And they put a cross on the ground outside the one, in, the one exit of the door. And on that cross they said, you can leave if you will come and trample on the cross. Otherwise, you will die. Many began to cower in fear, didn't know what to do. A few went out, stepped on the cross, and went. And they did not get shot. They were fine. Five people did it. Six people did it. They were saving their lives. Then this one little girl came out, 12 years old. And she went around the cross, knelt and prayed, and got up to leave. And they shot her. Now what's the decision of everyone else in that room? One by one, because of the courage of that little girl, they all got up, walked around the cross, and walked out, and they all gave their lives for Jesus. You say, oh, pastor, that's not a good story. No, it's a grand story. It's a glorious story. Because it was a witness to all those soldiers what a faith in Jesus will do. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives more than the testimony of Jesus. It's huge. He will give you the courage when you need it. He will have you speak when you know that you have to say something, but you don't know what to say. My own experience, I remember being in China, uh, arrested and uh, waiting for interrogation under house arrest, and I didn't know what they were going to do the next day. I had talked to a few other Chinese believers earlier in that week, and they had been through interrogations where they injected them with different drugs and different things. They had been beaten. The next day was going to be my turn, and I was scared. I didn't know what to do, what was coming. And I'm praying, and I'm seeking God. 
And when I was away uh, ministering to the underground church, whenever I would go on trips, my kids would give me cards. And they'd put the day each day, Monday, Tuesday, and I'd wake up and read the card of what one of my kids would say to me. Well, I was up all night, and that morning it was like, oh, wait, I got a card. It's my daughter Emily, our children's pastor, and I, and I read the card, and she said, Dad, she said, the Lord wants you to know that this day is called out by God. It's a special day, and that He is with you, and He will give you what you need to say. Do not fear. Guess what came all over me? Holy Spirit. It's like, all right. Well, thank God, it, it, since being American, they didn't want to mess with us. They didn't do any of the crazy stuff with us, and it, and it went well, and we got kicked out and blacklisted, and, and I'm alive and happy to praise God. The, the Chinese believers that were arrested with us were beaten and imprisoned. But I say all that because from personal experience, I didn't know what to say, what to do, how to handle it, but the Holy Spirit will come because He's not a spirit of cowardice. He will give you love, power, and a disciplined mind to behave properly in that situation. And it's going to happen to each one of us, to each one of you. God is going to give you boldness to speak, boldness to testify, boldness to live for Him, boldness to protect those who need protecting, boldness to go, and boldness to stay. God will direct your paths. You've got to trust Him. You've got to pray. You've got to seek Him. And stir up the gifts within you. And have confidence in who the Spirit of God is. I close with this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul is praying a prayer for the church, and he's praying that we will understand three things. He's praying, first of all, the Spirit of God would fill our hearts with a full knowledge of who He is, so that we would understand the hope of our calling, and secondly, the inheritance of the saints, and thirdly, the power that backs that up. He's reiterating the fact that you have a Spirit in you, every one of you, has a spirit in you of love, of power, and self-disciplined mind. Are you ready to be used this week? You don't have a spirit of coward on you. you got a spirit of power on you. If you're ready for that, stand with me this morning and let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm going I'm to ask you to seriously consider this question. Do you want the Spirit of God to stir up in you so that you have the Spirit of power, love, and a sound mind available to God? If you do, lift your hand up as we pray. All right. You've just said yes, Lord. That means your week is going to be very interesting. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for those who are raising their hands and those even who are not because they have the Spirit of God in them if they've confessed you as Savior. We're all in this, Lord, learning, growing, being challenged. Like Paul, like Timothy, God, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. We're growing. You're challenging each one of us uniquely. And I'm praying right now to break the spirit of cowardness, 
to break the spirit of timidity, to break a spirit of fear. And I'm praying, oh God, that you will minister grace and that your Holy Spirit will be stirred in each one of us so uniquely that we will begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of Christ Jesus, and the disciplined mind of the Word of God, which is true. That through these, Lord God, we will be a witness of Christ Jesus to this world. There are many in this city, God, that you have. The Lord would say to everyone here this morning, do not be afraid and keep speaking, for there are many in the city that God is calling. And God will use you. He will call on you. With your hand raised, you have said, yes, Lord, call on me. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, use me. Empower me. May I show the love of Jesus to the lost. Give me wisdom and discernment to know when to stand and when to leave. I will walk with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, bless the Lord this morning. Bless His holy